Suru for that one of Sars Wednesday Sessions. You're listening to a new single by Shane Kuti with Carlos Santana called Black Times. And we're speaking with him in a moment about the new album, the gigs, and a lot of other stuff, I hope. Into our soul, cause we need to. Cause we need 
need to. I say we need to. Ooh, we need to. Black people, black people just, just to embrace the reflection. Black people just, what would think about we protection? Black people just, I make we energize, I make we organize. again welcome to soas radio that was black times with carla santana off the new album black times out in a couple of days on the 2nd of march and we have shane kuti in the studio How's yeah it going? man thanks for having me back at the soas radio 
Having you back, when was uh, you here last? Well, not not, not on the radio. And my music has been on the street, but I've been in the in the school giving a speech with Professor Stephen Chen like eight years ago or something. He's yeah, he's really good friends and colleagues with the manager of the station, Mia. Please uh, sh- give him a big shout out. He's a really great, intelligent man, and he also gave me a copy of his book on South Africa, which was quite enlightening. You know, showed some real intrigues. You know, so yeah. That's uh, excellent. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so it's good to be back here. That's good. And it is definitely good to have you in the studio. Very pleased. I have to say, I saw you at Womad over the summer. And oh, it wow. It was amazing, man. That yeah. means you met my daughter. I met your daughter? Yeah, because I brought her on stage. Yes, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only just remember that, actually. No, that was, a, that was a great one, man. Well, I mean, I've heard the album, but everyone else should be excited for it. Yeah. I have to say the cover's very cool as well with the Malcolm X glasses <laughs> and the cigar. I yeah, like you know, it. I think yeah. it's my best cover, you know. Um, I think so, yeah. Uh, it was Quentin Scott, who who, walks, who was the boss at Strut, and I, we came up with that concept. Actually, I had a concept similar, but then we like brainstormed on it and made it better. The best album cover I ever had, you know. Well, I mean, you can hear it in the songs where the influence comes from for the picture as well. I yes. guess so we'll hear it with, um, <laughs> with Last Revolutionary, I think, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so that was with Carlos Santana as well. How did that come about? Oh, well, uh, that, this is, a, this is a, one of the things, you know, it's just a reward for righteousness. The ancestors decided to reward me for being loyal to, to my people and they opened the door, a big door. You know, so this is how it happens. When we were starting the project, we never knew Carlos was going to be on it. Now, even the people that were supposed to be on it, we are putting them on the remix because we have Carlos. So he released the autobiography in in america in his book he talks about me does he yeah about my music and he quotes my lyrics oh really yeah you know so i was and like so one of my friends in san diego matthew shapiro sent me this picture of this little yeah 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 i was like wow so if i'm in carlos's radar you know and you didn't know that was gonna happen before at no. all so i'm like Let, let's see what we can what we can do with it yeah yeah so we started getting in touch and he was really happy to to work with us, you know, and from the onset, he was just so generous with his time, with his, with himself. He opened his home, you know, his heart. And this was a project of love, really, you know. Initially, we agreed some things with the management, but after everything was done, he just wrote us again and said, you know what, forget what the management said, you know, this is what I want you to, you know, so it was, you know, I can't thank him enough. can't say how grateful I am for, for his generosity, you know, his openness, his yeah. kindness. Yeah. And where did you record? Where did no, you meet? Yeah, yeah, no, we recorded in, in Brussels and sent him the music. Okay, you know? okay. Because as I said, you know, the album was almost done. We didn't really think we were going to get him, you know. So when, <laughs> when we had the opportunity, we just sent him the music, you know. I sent him this one and, and I think African Dreams, you know, but I, I sent, I knew he was going to pick this because it was really guitar heavy, you know, with the, even the, my own guitars and, you know, so I, and I was glad he was willing to be on this one, which is like my favorite track on the record too yeah well i i mean i like it i played the was it nine minute version or something <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i was like yeah you're the first guy who played the, the full Not version the radio the edit. no no we don't need that on here <laughs> um yeah and it's a big song i was looking up some of the lyrics do you want to tell us a bit about it because there's a uh, one lyric the evil hiding in the darkness and i was wondering what you thought yeah you know evil like was yeah you know for me you know it's society in general not society is evil but in society you know if you the verse where that comes from it says let the black light shine you know like uh, in forensics, black light, UV rays, black light, as they call it, you know, it only shows things in the dark. You, know? yeah. you have to cover everywhere, and everywhere, everywhere it's dark, you light it up, and it shows you all the hidden evidence. Whatever there's blood splatter, or semen, or hidden things, <laughs> you know, whatever. Any evidence hidden in the crime scene yeah, is suddenly yeah. exposed under black light. And then, so it's a play on word for me, like, let the black light shine. Yeah, the double on, meaning. On, on we path, on the path, let it guide our foot. Let the black light shine on society and expose the truth. You know, let the black light shine so it can expose all the evil hiding in the darkness. You know, let the black light shine into our hearts and into our soul. You know, so yeah. for me, it was the black light shining is a, uh, how do I put it, a metaphor yeah, for yeah. black enlightenment. You know, like when you have the spark, the light in your mind, you know? And do you see that happening? Like yeah, man, I think it's happening, you know. I think motherland people all over the world are becoming conscious. I mean, I mean, look at Hollywood and Black Panther movie, you know. This is rich Hollywood people trying to feed off our awakening right now, you know. Understanding that there's a awakening among motherland people all over the world to embrace themselves, you know. So, yeah. Did you enjoy the film? I saw I've it. I've not seen it. I'll see it on the plane. I mean, they've made yeah. 700 million in two weeks. 
in one week already so i think that's okay <laughs> that's okay they don't need my 40 20 25 dollars it's fine yeah. it. and for me yeah. as, a, as a traveling musician touring artist now i stop going to the cinemas so i can save the movies for the plane <laughs> you know, if i go to the cinemas then there's nothing to watch on the plane when you have them long haul 16 hour flights you know yeah like, what do i watch sing this sing this sing this sing. oh <laughs> <laughs> So I learned my lesson. I'm like, no more cinemas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Save it for the play. Yeah. That's interesting what you say about the black enlightenment. And obviously I've been listening to some interviews. And you also say that black music cannot be about love. I guess you don't mean it like necessarily as simply as that. But I was kind of wondering. Yeah, when I say about love, I, I mean uh, loving your girlfriend or yeah. your wife. You know, and these trivial things that um, commercial music, even from Africa, is based on. You know, our, our music has to mirror our reality. You know, um, black love right now is the struggle for me. You know, my partner, the mother of my child, we've been together for so long. She built what I have with me and she understands that our love is strongest when it's rooted in our reality as black people. So we can influence our children positively, you know. So, yeah, um, uh, for me, that's what our art should also represent, you know. I think, yeah, Americans and Europeans can sing about how they make love to their women every day and, and things like that, you know. Yeah, but that's not what our art should represent in the motherland. Mm-hmm. In relation yeah. to where we are as a group, you know, and our reality, this is escapism. When you're suddenly, you know, trying to distract yourself from your reality, you know, it's, uh, it's a form of escapism. Do you see a lot of that in popular music, the sort of that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because also, you know, popular music is is the capitalist music, is the music of the corporations. Because without popular music, corporations can't sell you things you don't need. Young people will not buy the things that they don't need, you know. But the music reinforces consumerism. You know, it teaches people to be superficial, to be individualistic. You know, and especially in black popular uh, music you know one of the leading themes is being self-made you know i came from the bottom i'm here i'm a self-made man you know while in reality motherland people cannot be self-made because we are all products of struggle i mean we're never invited to the table for anything so how can our art pass that kind of message when to be a doctor was a struggle as a black man somebody had to struggle die give blood for us to be allowed to be doctors to enter the bus, to be students, to vote, to actually be considered human was a struggle for black people. So we are products of that sacrifice. So whatever you think you are doing on your own today and you're trying to make, or you're making it and you're rich or you're famous or whatever, someone had to pay the price for that door to be open for you. And just because you don't want to pay the price on to the next generation, you deny their sacrifice and say, oh, I'm self-made, you know, and try to make that the truth. You know, and try to make that the reality because you repeat it so many times in the ears of all the motherland people all over the world, you know. It destroys our solidarity and our ability to unite in our reality, you know. So, yeah, I find yeah, that's what popular music is for me. That's why I don't dig it too much now that I'm an adult, you know. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not necessary. What is wrong for me in the way entertainment is today is that mainstream media makes it seem as if only commercial music deserves to be disseminated widely. That is what I just feel is wrong. I feel the sky is big enough for all the birds to fly. So give people everything that they need in life, not just your own narrative, just because you own all the radio and the media and all that. Yeah, I was just thinking in a kind of response to that, I guess, because I was in Paris and I was seeing Kendrick Lamar when I was in Paris and you were just in Paris as well, so there you go. And a lot of people think of him as quite conscious. And, you know, you also said you only collaborate with conscious musicians. And you were just rapping a bit then before you came into the studio, along <laughs> this show. And I was kind of wondering what you thought of, like, maybe this conscious rap that's quite popular and how... how well, you, you know, there's, there's a new generation of uh, conscious capitalists. I think it's an oxymoron. Yeah, it is. You know? yeah, like, you know, when you hear Jay-Z <laughs> say things like, uh, when you, the 444 album, the story of OJ and everybody says, oh, he's so deep. He's, you know, just because he's promoting capitalist agenda, even though he's claiming to be promoting black agenda. He says, uh, what's more important than spending money in the strip club? Credit. But for motherland people, the only thing more important than spending money in the strip club should be our community 
not white man credit. You understand? Yeah, yeah. So for me, yeah, it's, there's a lot of conscious capitalists out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Carlos Santana counts as a conscious artist, though, in that sort of sense. No, Carlos Santana is no longer a conscious artist. He's a spirit. Yeah, yeah. He's a spirit. You know, you meet the man. He's one of those few people, I think, that are alive, still alive, but have transcended the physical, even though he's still trapped amongst us mere mortals. In the body. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, he has transcended that. I mean, like my dad was, you know, these are these people are not they're no longer scared of being human. Majority of people are scared of being humans. So they can't really open themselves to anybody. All closed off. You know, and whatever they show you is the fake. Is the face that they put on, the mask they put on to be accept, accepted by society. It's their real nature is closed off from everybody. So it's only those people that have transcended that are able to open every aspect of themselves, you know. And you know that when you know how you know that when you meet a man, yeah, when he opens his home to you completely the first day you meet him, and, and completely every ass corner in his house is 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 yours. <laughs> Go anywhere, you know, do whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the number one like way to to know these people. So yeah, that's that's who Carlos is. That's good to hear. I think we should have some more music. I've so I've just kind of picked out some of my favorites. Enjoy, man. Go for that. Listen. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna go for a bad man lie to if you don't mind. I love that. I, I love that. I think it's probably my favorite. Yeah. Ah, you I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, they didn't like you know the guy in the the guy that reviewed the album in Financial Times. He actually didn't like this tune. I was like, no, no. The chorus is cool, man. It's kind of like, got that breakdown to it, and I really like it. Listen, man. <laughs> You know? <laughs> um, well, here you go. Off Black Time seems to be released. This is Bad Man Lighter. Batman lighter when you see me 
stuff that was Badman Lighter. Yeah, man. Sixth track. Sounds like a bit of like a call to arms almost. Maybe. What's the, what? <laughs> Give us a little bit of a No, for me, it's just, you know, actually that song is a song against no smoking signs. Okay. I'm telling you, it's what like, <laughs> I got pissed off by no smoking sign and it's enforced at one time. I'm like, this hypocrisy is just too much because this was backstage at a venue, you know, and like 
artists everywhere was a festival i mean people was taking coke popping molly doing all sorts and i like a joint the most innocent drug in the room you know what i'm saying <laughs> and this guy just comes in the middle like put that out and points to a no smoking sign i'm like really <laughs> really <laughs> You know, don't have to name names, but where where was that? Venue? No, no, no. Let me not. You know, okay. You know, it was a huge uh, brouhaha. I'm telling you, I don't even think I played the show that day. Really? Yeah. Okay. You know, no so. way. <laughs> you see? Uh, yeah, man. So no, for me, it was was like, man, we smoke weed everywhere we are. You know, and if you love the herb, don't be ashamed of it. Basically, that's the message. You know. Basically, what's the worst that people can do? Like, mm, we smell it. He's a smoker. So, yeah, let's be the bad man. Yeah. Let me be the bad man. No problem. <laughs> My bad man lighter. You can only have a bad man lighter when you are brave enough to light up where they say don't light up. Okay, okay. Yeah. There <laughs> so we then go. Then is a bad man lighter. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice to know. That's nice to know. So, I was also kind of wondering, maybe apart from the bad man lighter, a lot of this stuff is broadly political issues. And you've been involved through your father. And I was wondering how you feel stuff's changed since the days when maybe your father was getting arrested and you were alongside him and what the new I think that is, challenges are. I think that you just hit the nail in the head even with the question. I think what's changed in the world today is that oppression is not visible anymore. In the neoliberal era, oppression becomes invisible. You know, it becomes the unseen hand. You know, at least, you know, you could tell, oh, the true fella in jail when he says the truth, you know, they beat him up. No, but that's not the system in the new liberal era. You know, the system is to exclude you. You know, in those days, in the 70s, how many news networks were there in the world? How many newspapers were there in the world? You know, so information was pretty controlled by the people. You know, but since that time that the corporations have entered into the news, own most of the major news outlets and control information, you know, it's easier to just exclude you now. They don't need to throw you in jail. You know, if you're a professor, if you're teaching the kids the right things, they've convinced government to... to um, yeah. Well, I guess that's the story with the corporate public control department as well. That yeah, that I mean, they, they, they've convinced government to cut most of the spending in public development and social development. You know, and these people now use um, private money to fund education. So universities depend on corporations and the elites to stay afloat. You know, so if you're... A, Professor, are you teaching the truth against the system? They cut yeah. off your funding for your grants, for your research and whatever, and you find yourself not advancing like other professors will toe the line. You know, so that's the system of that's what has changed really. And that's why it's difficult for young people to engage because it's difficult for them today to see what's going on. They have to learn what's going on, you know. And yeah. in order to learn, you need to not be distracted. It's so, smarter evil then, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's, I mean, these people are smart. And I guess on that line, we should say solidarity with the striking lectures that we saw today. Yes, of course, man. I have the struggle sounds because my, my, the struggle, that's what struggle sounds is. It's the soundtrack for all the struggle people in solidarity with all the struggle all over the world because struggle sounds for me on that record is the song that shows that we still understand that the ultimate struggle of this world is the class struggle, you know. So, that, and that song is dedicated to that. There was one interesting thing that came out in the news the other day. It doesn't, you know, go against your point, but there was a Spanish rapper who was put in jail for three and a half years for insulting the Spanish monarchy. And there's been a quite a lot of outroar over that. But that was the first time you hear of that in Europe for a really, really long time anymore. Oh, well, you know, it just depends on what is put out there, you know. Look at what's happening to Assange here in the UK. I mean, he's trapped in the Ecuadorian embassy. I mean, if you speak on the side of the people and you go against the grain, you know, there's always uh, backlash, you know, even Edward Snowden. So, I mean, I think even the Washington press guys that Obama threw in jail, you know, even though they were eventually released, you know. Personally, I think censorship in the world today, censorship is not enforced. The way the system is set up, they know they encourage self-censorship, you know in the name of political correctness, in the name of being nice, basically, you know, and not offending even people that deserve to be offended, you know? Well, maybe it helps the sort of divide and rule thing as well, because if they don't directly censor you, then you're more likely to, you know, censor each other, and that's why there's yeah, that's a divide it, you know? between people and people say the left are being really aggressive and violent because there's so much self-censorship that it kind of, yeah, divides <laughs> exactly. everyone, you know? Yeah, you know, because... Uh, 
what is the left? Are the liberal left? You know, are the liberal left today? Are the liberals any different from the conservatives? Do the liberals take money from the banks? Just like the conservatives, the liberal enforce tough, tough laws and punitive laws, just like the conservatives. You know what's the difference, really? You know, so this left and right thing, I think, is is old. The new thing is pro people or anti people. Pick a side. We want to know. Just say it right now. <laughs> say <it> right now. <laughs> who is who is against the banks and all the atrocities they cause? You know, in our economy and you know how they make sure that uh, the rich keep getting rich. And I mean, look at the huge global crime you know in the financial institutions just some 10 years ago and the whole world had to pay them 10 trillion dollars the world will be destroyed <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is you know and why aren't we able to know the truth and resist because at the core moment the media regurgitates the narrative of the elites so at the moment where the government is saying if you don't give these rich people 10 trillion dollars the media is also saying, yeah, we have to give them, you know, even though what they've done is wrong, you know. So everybody's job is to pacify the people. That's why I have corporate public control department, which is the new name for government, because that's their job, you know, to pacify the people in the presence of corporate op- oppression. Well, should we play it? Yeah, should man. Should we go for that? Let's go for that. Okay, this is corporate public control department. CPCD. Jaminana 
Radio. Cheers for tuning in.
them say, if you leave go to it, go miss fiam. But then Jonathan say, if you leave go to it, go miss fiam. Corruption go kill us over. Because of yam, they forget to be men. They chop for the yam, I forget to remain. Because of yam, they forget to be men. They chop for the yam, I forget to remain. Now go to the chop everything, not to cover the children. Now go to the chop everything, not to cover the future. They have to build school, they go stand up a job. They have to do roads, they go stand up a job. They have to build clinics, they go stand up a job. They just demand they go the job, yeah. They just demand they go the job, yeah. Ah! And the people just did. And the good just did. Corruption will kill us so you see them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't feel do like human beings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't feel do like human beings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Corruption will kill us a Corruption will kill us a 
Excellent stuff. So that was The Theory of the Goat and the Yam of Black Times. Again, out. You can pre-order it, I think, on Bandcamp. So I looked into that song a bit, and about a quote by President Jonathan, you said? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, about four years ago, he gave a quote when they asked him why corruption was so difficult to defeat among Nigerian ruling class. And he says it's because they have too much access to the wealth and the temptation is so great they don't have the discipline the self-discipline <laughs> to resist basically so for to explain that he was giving an analogy that you know is like when you put your your goat next to your yam that the goat will have no choice but to eat it you know i don't understand how human <laughs> beings are suddenly compared to goats so i realized that okay so if the goat is eating the yam what are the humans eating that means we are the ones eating the grass you know, and that's why we are, that's the poverty, the suffering, you know. We, we the people, own the farm, grow the food. So we have goats who are supposed to be serving us, you know. Yeah. But they end up eating all our produce. So we have to now eat the grass. And that's why you hear in the chorus. So the people just, they work hard, they chop grass, and the goats just, they chop yam, they chop life. So for me, it was uh, important that I could explore this psyche. Yeah, this kind of thinking, you know. So when you hear that kind of statement, that suddenly uh, replaces humans with goats, politicians basically with goats. That is not just a statement; that is science. <laughs> and nothing scientific can come without a theory. Yeah, you understand. So I had to write a theory <laughs> to back up this scientific statement by our president. <laughs> you know, we can't just leave him out there floating. He you know, needs you some to, help. Definitely. Yeah, I had to, to help him with the theory. You know, because people have to understand what he was trying to say. Yeah, it seemed pretty um, <laughs> hard, to, hard to figure out. And so Nigerian corruption is something you talk about quite a lot. And President Jonathan's no more in his president's role. Is the situation not going any better? Or? No, I think, you know, the thing about elitism all over the world, be it in Africa or here, you know, it's all about securing the power base, securing our advantages over the other people. That's how the elites think. You know, that's why even here, the most civilized country in the world, the United Kingdom, uh, you know, Britain, you know, you come here, you know, and people will accept a government to give the banks trillions of pounds in bailouts. But when you ask the same government to pay for your NHS, they say there's no money. They don't even say there's no money. They say, where do they get the money from? Say, the same place you got it for the banks. <laughs> Where did you get that one from the banks? Nobody's asking that question. Where did you get that one from the banks? The same place you got this money from the banks, you should get money. From. Don't tell us the NHS has no money. Build out the NHS now. That's what corruption is. Corruption is a narrative. It's a narrative that, exp- that allows exploitation. You know, so anywhere that narrative is entrenched. Look at somewhere like Iceland. You know, Iceland is the only country in Europe that refused to bail out their banks. You, know, you can tell that Iceland is not under that narrative because there are not a lot of people there. So corporations don't invest a lot of money in brainwashing the Icelandic people. So as soon as the president was like, let's bail out the banks, the people were like, what? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, so I, that's, what, that's what's up. So even in my country, this new president is like, oh, I'm going to fight corruption. But when he says I'm going to fight corruption, it means I'm going to fight my power base. It's impossible for him to fight his power base. So, you know, that's just rhetoric. I'm telling you, even under his administration, corruption is even now more entrenched than ever. I don't really know what to say because yeah, they find money for nuclear weapons, but they don't find money for nothing. You know, no, there's money for you, no money for you. Yeah, well, any welfare. All the Western, you you find out that in England, the biggest part of the budget is defense. You yeah, know, there's also, and I don't want to, you know, play the race card, but there's a lot of racism to why the world is the way it is. You go to the United States, uh, six hundred billion on the defense budget. The military-industrial complex is exclusively white. You know. The pharmaceutical industrial complex, exclusively white. And the pharmaceutical industrial complex are the ones killing the NHS with expensive drugs. Yeah, that's one of the darkest all public things health I've services heard recently. All over the world, even in my country. In countries that don't, can't even afford them. You understand? You know, look at the military industrial complex. Already half of the budget is in the hands of these people. Then they disseminate it how they like. You know, I mean, how can there be more money for guns than education? You know, they tell you it's because you need to be secure. These crazy black and brown people want to kill you, man. If we don't spend all this money to protect you, these savage hordes are going to run into this country and kill everybody. 
That's basically a quote, isn't it, as well, from um, Mr. Cameron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, that's the ideology, you know, that's the elitist narrative. I'm telling you, it's racist and it's oppressive, you know, and it destroys solidarity. I think that's one of their biggest achievements in the neoliberal era, as Noam Chomsky eloquently put it in his um, documentary, you know, the concentration of the 10 principles of the concentration of wealth and power that one of the biggest backlash is the attack on solidarity, mm. you know, and it's still going on till today. And that's why I was so happy today when I saw the students of this great university and many other universities in the United Kingdom standing on the side of their lecturers against the oppressive pension cuts of this regime, you know, how they can be so degrading to people who are willing to pass on knowledge, you know, but they are never that brave with the banks, never that brave with the arms dealers. You know, like, me and you, we sit down here and we know the name of every dangerous terrorist in the world. But we don't know the name of one single illegal arms dealer. Yeah, you know, so what's going on? I mean, the illegal arms dealer is much of a terrorist than even the terrorist. So why don't we know these people? Why are they not famous? You know, one time I put this question to a Guardian reporter. You know what he told me? He said, no, they are so dangerous, you can't even write about them. That's what he said. Because so, so, they are so dangerous, we are not even allowed to write about them. I said, really? But you write about Bin Laden. You write about Shekau. You write about al-Baghdadi. So all these evil people that you can write, it means there's another level of evil that you cannot even write. So that means people are afraid of Bin Laden and these crazy black and Arab terrorists. You think we are the most dangerous? Uh-uh. There are some people who cannot, they are like Voldemort. He who must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I found out that there's some people in this world. Is Soros Radio going to be so, in danger for They are so this. evil. <laughs> yes, be careful. You know, I'm going to leave here. You'll, you'll I've got to stay. Here. I've got to look after the place. Here, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, good luck, bro. Good luck. Take one for the team. I'll, I'll, I'll hold down the fort as long as I can. I guess. Yeah, that's what I heard. You know, they are so dangerous. We can't even talk about them. Wow. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, Yet, you know, we don't have too long left. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, um, time flies when you're having fun. It does, it does. And we've spoken about we've spoken about politics quite a lot now. And if you don't mind, if we speak about you, maybe yourself a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, man. Feel free, if you if you ask, I'll answer. Okay. Well, obviously, it's a hell of a story, and obviously, you have my huge condolences for the death of your father. I kind of know the same thing with myself, and I was just wondering how how it was starting with Egypt eighty at such a young age. I'd already been in the band since I was eight. I used to yeah. open the shows for my dad, you know. So for me, really, when my dad passed, personally, that hasn't been topped. The pain I felt because my dad was the closest person to me. It's weird because, you know, in African families, boys are always close to their mom. Always. I mean, if you, if you have 10 African friends, they always tell you that they prefer their mom to their dad. This is like normal. I'm the only boy I know in Lagos that prefers his dad to his mom. We are so <laughs> close, my dad and I. It was the first death that I experienced in my life, you know. So my first experience with death was the most painful that it could be. That even when my mom died, I didn't cry just because I didn't feel that level of pain. Immediately I heard the news, you know, like how it was earth shattering when I heard my dad's passing, you know, and couldn't control the emotions, you know. Because nothing, no disappointment or hurt or pain has ever reached that, that level. So yeah, I realized that that pain and that emotional trauma couldn't be a crippling effect. It had to become a fuel. It had to become a fuel to power what my father appreciated the most, which was his band and his music. You know, and I also understood that the Egypt AT was not just a musical band. They were an African musical institution. I mean, the most recorded band in Africa, Fela's band, man. You know, so I, I said, let's keep playing. A lot of people, you know, the band was like 50 people, like, oh. What are you saying? Fela is gone. This project is over. So not a lot of people believed about 20 of us stayed, you know, and we're together till today. You know, apart from people who have retired or passed on, you know, we, we've continued to be together, you know. Well, you've done incredibly well taking up the mantle, I have to say. Yeah, man. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I didn't do it alone. No, no, no. Of course, no one, no one necessarily does anything alone. In that sort of sense, it's the music is incredible. Except yeah. black rappers, they're all self-made. 
<laughs> no one behind them at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> um, it's very incredible. And for those that haven't seen you, they should definitely come down and grab the last 40 tickets for Electric Brixton. Yeah, before he's gone, you know. Don't yeah, miss out. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's going to um, be fun. I think after that great talk, we should see ourselves out on Struggle Sounds. Yeah, man. Struggle music, struggle sounds, struggle people, struggle now. This is Struggle Sounds. Thanks for listening to SARS Radio. It's been great to have you. It was my pleasure to be here. Struggle music, struggle sounds, struggle people, struggle now. Struggle music, get down. Come on.